Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to study the Prophet Ezekiel chapter 30. That's the Navi Yechezkel Perak Lamed. And he is continuing in his series of his prophecies to Egypt. And if those of you that learned the last chapter 29 with us, we learned of the sins of arrogance and unreliability that... Uh, the prophet criticized Pharaoh for, which is, was the reason why God said he was going to punish the Egyptians. This chapter begins with uh, several verses that are kind of strange and unusual, a little bit cryptic and difficult to translate in some cases. But I think that we can understand them very well if we look at this in context of a very similar chapter in Isaiah. Now, just like Ezekiel here in this section of the book is addressing his prophecies to the other nations, Isaiah also had several chapters where he prophesied towards the other nations. And juxtaposed between his prophecy to the people of Cush, which is sometimes translated as Nubia or Ethiopia, but it was an African kingdom uh, to the south of Egypt, far, farther away from Judea than Egypt. And it was the farthest away large... Um, large empire that the people of Judea would have been familiar with in that direction of the world at least. Beyond Cush, they knew there was other countries, other nations, other peoples in what we would today call Africa, but they didn't really have names for them or relationships with them. This is important to understand what we're about to read. In juxtaposed between his visions of Cush, and, which is Ethiopia or Nubia, and Mitzrayim, which is Egypt, Isaiah also looked out into the future and saw something that was um, not, you can get the sense and feeling that he's looking off into the far off distant future, not, and also not just in time, but in place, looking to the far off distant space, like something out there, something that's going to come in a distant time, as opposed to prophesying as the rest of the time where he seems to be talking about something that's going to happen much sooner than that. And there Isaiah mentioned hoi. He used the language of hoi, which would be something like ah or woe or oh, like an exclamation. Eretz tziltzal kinofayim. This is the Isaiah 18 verse 1. He talks about the land to which you must go with the ships with sails. Asher me'aver, which is even past Linahari Kush, the rivers of Ethiopia. The... Um, and very similarly, Ezekiel here, and I'm going to read to you the beginning, he says, he also is talking about Egypt, and in a moment he's going to refer to Cush, Ethiopia, which is how I'm going to translate Cush. The word of God to me was as follows. Ben Adam, human being, I would like you to prophesy and say as follows. So says the Lord God. Again, that's a very similar word. Ha. I'd say, cry out the word ha huh, or whoa or ah. It's like a, 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 an exclamation of, of wonder about something off in the future. Layom for the day. When, when there's a reference to the day, and let's read verse 3 here. Karov yom. The day is coming soon. Karov yom. Again, the day is coming soon. Which day? Ladonai, the day of God. Yom anon, a day of cloud, a day of fog, a day which is unclear, which I don't see well. Eight goyim it'll be a day of many nations. 
There's just a lot, a lot to see, a lot that you get the sense that the prophet is seeing this vision out there in the future. In Isaiah, in the similar chapter that I quoted, he says, Hasholeach bayom tzirim. God will send out, or he will send out, or, uh, or send out into the sea ships. The, the messengers will go out to some nation that's just out there, that's, that a nation that speaks languages that we don't recognize. And he continues over there and says, Call Yoshve Tevel, all of the people on earth, when they see these signs, when they see these things, when they hear the sound of the shofar. Now, I'm not going to read this today, but in several chapters, Ezekiel also mentions in reference the sound of the call, the sound of the call of the future. What does this all mean? Well, we're going to read through this chapter, and I think we're going to come up with some ideas. But there are other uh, familiar terms we're going to see soon. Um, uh, where Isaiah also used, and I didn't quote this, but uh, a language of Rocheval of, of, um, of, uh, of Kal, describing this a day where God is riding on a thick fog. So he also uses a similar language. And also, if you remember, at the end of chapter 29, we learned about Bayomahu on that day, Atzmiach, I will, I will plant, I will let sprout the Karen, the horn of Beit Yisrael of the house of Israel. We just had that in Ezekiel. And in um, Isaiah, right after he mentions this prophecy in 18, in 19, he says something very, very similar. In 19, verse 11, he also says, um, you know, he mentions the, uh, the, the, this, this sprouting, this, this sprouting forth of, of, of Israel in this future time. So let's continue reading through this chapter and try to figure out what it is that Ezekiel is seeing in this distant future. So, the sword will come against Egypt, and there will be fear in the people of Cush of Ethiopia. When Egypt dies, and her masses will be taken away, and her foundations will be overthrown. Cush, Ufut, Velud, and he starts naming these nations, some of which we know what they are and some of which we don't know. These, these place names. Eretz Habrit, the land of the covenant. Some people translate this as the lands with which Egypt had, had covenants, that, which, which they had alliances. But it's Eretz is singular, so it seems it's some mysterious land of a covenant out there in the future. Itam Bacher Vifolu will all eventually fall by the sword. Now what is it about Mitzrayim, what is it about Egypt that stimulates both Ezekiel and Isaiah while they are prophesying to the nations? to have this vision of this far-off future. So I want to suggest, and I've seen this, some of these ideas in several commentaries, and the Radak actually was the one who, who, uh, intro- who introduces this comparison between Ezekiel and Isaiah. Egypt was the most stable empire. This, the empire, by the time of Ezekiel's prophecies, the, I saw some, one historian point out that the pyramids had already been standing for well over 2,000 years. So Egypt is, of all of the empires that we've been discussing throughout the Bible between Assyria and Babylon, they came, they went, they came, they went. The, the Arameans, the, the, uh, Ar, you know, the, the Edomites and the Moabites and so on and so forth, each one had their day in the sun and left, came and left. Egypt has been stable and solid forever. No one 
could imagine Egypt being destroyed. When, when, when Ezekiel and Isaiah are prophesying the destruction of Egypt, even those that beat Egypt in battle, Egypt still managed to continue being a powerful empire. When they're prophesying the destruction of Egypt, that's when they all of a sudden look off into the future. They see that no, no matter how long-standing, no matter how powerful a nation may be, God is still more powerful. They can still reach the point where, where they, their, their sins, their arrogance can still get to them. It must have been pretty audacious to stand up in front of a crowd and say Egypt will be destroyed in those days. can imagine him being laughed out of the house by saying that. And right away he says in verse 6, So says the Lord God, All of those who support Egypt, everyone, not just Egypt, and that tremendous pride of her strength, that Gaon is something that's solid, something that lasts forever, something that's always been. From the city of Migdol, to the city of Sayin, they will all fall by the sword. So says the Lord God. God, who... Is, whose own temple is about to be destroyed, so to speak, is going to say, no, but Egypt is going to fall. And even Egypt will be desolate, just like all the other desolate lands. Its cities will be destroyed, just like the other cities, Siena will be destroyed. And then, when they see even Egypt being destroyed, they will know, that I am the Lord God. When I place the fire of destruction upon Egypt and Ishbu call Alzra and all of those that assist her will be gone as well. And here is very, very similar to what Isaiah said. On that day, messengers will go out from me in ships. Remember those those ships that are going off to these faraway places that we don't even know. The 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 um the uh the um, confidence that the people of Kush, the people of Ethiopia had, well, all of a sudden they will tremble when they see the, the, what's happening far off in the distant places. When they have fear on the day that Egypt falls, because that day is coming. I'm going to stop here, even though it's the middle of chapter 30, because it kind of starts another section, and we'll continue and do chapter 30b with our next podcast. Thank you so much for paying attention to this part together. Looking forward to studying the rest of this chapter and the rest of the book together.